welcome back everybody to the group chat waffle podcast episode 13 um it is 13 or 14 it's one of them but hey that just clearly shows where our minds are at the moment because (laughs) england are in a final of a major tournament for the first time it's 1966. Ugh. It still doesn't feel real saying that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's surreal. It is. I. Ugh. We're going to get, in today's episode, we're going to give our reaction to the, uh, to the, um, the whole game and just the, just the feeling of, being in that final, uh, because obviously Wednesday night was great. Was it Wednesday night? It was Wednesday night. <laughs> it, it was it, indeed. It was a Wednesday. Um. So anyway, let's get straight into it. I'm joined by Charlie, who's who also enjoyed. Um, yeah, I managed the night. <laughs> managed to find a venue, and uh, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Um. It's better than staying at home and uh, just just watching the game for what it. I feel like one of the best things about this Euros it's it's sort of like a blend of between England being very successful and enjoying the environment around it because I don't think anything I don't think a place has generated a happier atmosphere than when England are re- doing well in international tournaments. I mean, we saw it last time in Russia and now we're seeing it again. Yeah, definitely. I think. I just, I just don't know. It's, uh, yeah, the atmosphere at the moment is brilliant, and um, it's we are. I this England team has, you know, just done a lot in restoring the sort of national pride and the the um, you know, the sort of supporting your own national team again. It's been absolutely brilliant. I think, I think most of it comes down to the fact that Gareth Southgate's come in and he's not given into the me- into what the media want him to be. Just this, like you know, I mean, because I know we we often give our opinions and we say we, you know mm-hmm. this isn't the right line, this isn't the right lineup. You should be playing this player. You should be playing this player. But Gareth Southgate proved me wrong and said no. Maybe Grealish is better off the bench sometimes than he is starting. I mean, definitely was against Germany. I mean. We what we knackered Germany's defence with Sterling, and then Grealish comes on, and he, he, with not only a, a more faster-paced attack as well, but also more technical he got, stuff. He got a pre-assist and a assist, and you know he contributed massively to to the um to helping turn that game around, you know, and making sure we got the three point at uh, the three, three point into the next round of the tournament. But hey, I'm. I'm a Grealish fanboy. I want him to start every game. Uh, but, you know, we can't have that all the time. But, hey. Um, but I will say... Uh, oh, God. Wednesday night, though. England 1-2-1 against the Danish. Denmark. And, uh, yeah, it's... The, the fuck it... Oh man, I'm just trying to I'm finding it very difficult to really talk about it because it still doesn't seem very real. Like 
I still can't get the words out because. I mean, it got off to a, it did get off to a great start. I know we got we didn't we didn't. I mean we we created some good chances. We looked we looked a bit sloppy on the ball though, and Rice and Phillips really didn't get going at the in the first half. I will say mm. that free kick, uh, that the free kick Denmark got, I thought was a little soft. But you know, we'll obviously get onto the the major the major decision that everyone's been talking about, which ultimately won England a game. We'll get onto that very soon. But I thought this free kick was very soft. I thought there was really nothing in it, and it really shouldn't have been a free kick. But that doesn't stop the ref giving it, and Mikkel Damsgaard who has been, for me, one of the best young players of the tournament, probably the best young player of the tournament, in terms of, actually, well, Pedri, but, hey. Um, he stepped up to the free kick, absolutely levered it, just had the great balance of dip and power, and, you know, Pick, in my opinion, Pickford weren't stopping it. He weren't stopping it. Nah, it's it's it is one of those really good freak. I mean, I accidentally said out loud, "He'll miss this, don't worry," and then proven very wrong. <laughs> um, it's funny, right? Because um, for anyone who's listening, I went to the game with other members of Waffle, Luke and Ed. Luke said top bins. It went top bins, and I wanted to. I was just like, "Fair fucks." I wasn't even mad because. It's stuff like that you just got to applaud because it's just yeah. moments of brilliance. And it's, it was maybe that, it was moments of magic like that that breaks, not not breaks down, but like is how England were always going to concede. Like it was going to be a moment of brilliance. It's just what it seemed. I mean, I, in a way, you could say it was sort of a stark contrast to what happened in um, Russia with Croatia in that semi-final. Oh, yeah. We scored first from a you know a set piece and then they came back an extra time and won oh and God. so we've we're sort of doing the opposite i do want to say though when we went a goal I, I did say before the game to luke and ed and uh some other people who were there i think i even said this to you at some point um but i was like i want to see how we react when we go a goal down yeah you said this last time on the podcast yeah. about it i yeah it was like because that was what that is what ultimately will separate us from being a finalist or a semi finalist or a winner or a loser. Do you know what I mean? Like and I've gotta say, I was absolutely impressed with the reaction. We didn't we could have let our heads drop, but we, we had this sense that we were still on top, that we could still get something and that pass from Harry Kane, the Saka for him to cross it and obviously get directed into Kier's own goal. Um, you know, just a brilliant reaction and was well needed, perfectly timed. And, you know, everyone was nervous, but that certainly put the nerves down a bit. And then it was from then on, uh, England started to really step up and really take a foothold in the game. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will say, though... Um, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't particularly impressed with Phillips Rice in the first half because I thought they started off a bit slow. They got overran a bit because you know, 
Hoiberg's and Hoiberg's and um, Delaney's presence in the midfield was really good. And I thought Marley was it Andreas Marley, one at Atlanta. He was been really good for Denmark this tournament. I thought they were they were they were running all over them. And yeah, I was a little concerned, but I I think they grew into it, and uh, we started to really stamp our authority on them. Uh, I think where it went wrong for Denmark, it was fitness. They seemed by the second, they it seemed by, the like the end of the first half, they were knackered. Like they were gone, like they were fatigued. It, and that's when I thought the game's there for the taking. And then we really yeah. started to see it in the second half, and. Uh, like we started to see it in the second half that Denmark were very, very sloppy. And they misplaced a few passes. England started to gain a lot of traction in the game. And we were very much on top and we probably should have got about five one up. But Casper yeah. Michael's insane firstly. I mean he pulled he pulled up a good state save in the FA Cup final and he did it again at Wembley. Again. I mean, that's what my mate said to me. He said when uh, when he hit it point blank at him, he was just like it's just like uh, mountain smike all over again. Yeah. Um. I just. Although, on. although on the topic of Sterling, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what happened. What happened to him? What What was wrong with him that game? I don't know. He, he made a couple of good runs, but overall, he was just like the freak. When we won a free kick on the outside the area, I see Mount was taking it, and then yeah. I. Th- I don't know. I don't know what's going. Other than penalties, I, I'm not sure. Like, do do we have designated free kick takers in the sure. England team? I think sure. This tournament's proved you can take one. I think Mount's good at taking them. Mount's very I mean, good. Sterling, at taking them. Clear, yeah. Sterling clearly isn't. When I mean, Sterling seems like he can, but I just don't know. That free kick just didn't go well for him. You know, it hit the wall. Anyway, um. Trying to think of other designated free kick takers, maybe no, Grealish. Grealish taken. Trip. I mean, there is Trippier, but he didn't start. He doesn't start. Rightly so, because I think Kyle Walker is so important. Who, in my opinion, was if it wasn't for Kane, Sterling, or Maguire, he was my man of the match. The amount of recovery runs he made, the amount of times he saved our ass, and again. Just exemplifies his intelligence of his get of his game. He really saved us a lot, and you know when when it seemed like Denmark were gonna break break on us with pace, he was there already, and that's what will be important for the final, because we're going up against mm-hmm. small, nimbly, and speedy attackers in Insigne and uh, you know Chiesa. You know, I think. Kyle Walker's going to be absolutely important for that game. But, yeah, I thought Kyle Walker was absolutely exceptional. I thought the whole I thought the whole team was brilliant. They did what they needed to do. I just want to... Uh, yeah, um... Did anything really happen in the second half apart from England missing chances? It's going to be... It's going to be pace and prey versus cut inside an inch along on Sunday. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> oh, I can't uh, watch um... it. Yeah, neither can I. I mean, like, like to not uh, take away. I mean, to not take away from in- England at all, or 
it's it's sort of it's one of those things where people are naturally going to complain and say you know like in England have that home advantage, but the way I see it, it's like you can you can you can say it's sort of the opposite of that in a way because of course yeah we do have the home advantage but at the same time you've got to remember that these teams that are turning up they've they've been used to be playing in empty stadiums for a while it pro- they probably don't care about what the fans have to say yeah they're probably trying to get straight to the they're probably trying to get straight to to the final and just prove themselves i mean denmark have done very very well yeah i want i just want to say that uh, yeah i that's what that's what i was going to say Consi- considering they lost Ericsson. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think um I think um I've seen so many people really just having a go at the Danes and it was just like um why? Because like the fact they got this far in the tournament is absolutely incredible. Like I think we should be giving them praise, not hate. Because the fact they made it this far and you know they could they could have buckled under the pressure because of of what happened what sadly happened to their teammate Christian Eriksen. The fact that they got off and they carried on and got to a semi final is absolutely absolutely amazing. And I think they need to be praised as heroes for their nation because they're absolute credits to their nation. And um, I'm just absolutely delighted for Denmark to make it this far, but unfortunately it wasn't to be for them, and you know, I wish them good all the luck in the future in the next major tournament, maybe in the World Cup, where Christian Eriksen will hopefully be back in the team. Um, but yeah, I uh, just want to say that the Danish players are an absolute credit to their nation for making it this far in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've they when something as traumatic like that happens, you easy, they easily could have just crumbled under that and gone, you know, that that because that is a mentality destroyer when traumatic things like that occur on the pitch. Obviously, I mean, we I think you could sort of say that happened at the, in the Finland game. You could tell they they weren't up for it mm-hmm. when they get up. I mean, to be honest, I don't I didn't agree with them coming on it. I mean, fair play to Finland for getting that one, but I didn't agree with them coming on at all coming back yeah. for the thing, especially after that. But then they went past that game. They beat Russia. I think it was 4-1, wasn't it? Yeah. They beat Russia. Absolutely and then destroyed they... them. Yeah. And then they got, out, they got out of their group, progressed to a semi-final, and took England, who had, who had not conceded at all to, to any team during this tournament, down to the wire. Exactly, yeah. And it wasn't to be for them. Uh, but you did bring up a good point about uh, you know the home advantage. Does it help? Let's not fuck about. It does help, but I would say that I don't agree with <laughs> rival fans saying that's the only reason we're winning the tournament is because we're playing at Wembley. No, no, it's no. Not. We are winning this tournament because of how we're playing. Yeah, it's not a case of you're playing at Wembley, therefore that's why it's not. You're not going to have players like Cruz and Havertz turn up and go, oh no, it's Wembley, I'm going to turn into a Sunday league player. Yeah, That's exactly. not how it works. Exactly, exactly. Man, your players should be able to adapt to any sort of circumstance whatsoever, like well, all the time. That's, that's, if anything, home advantage should be le- the least effective in international tournaments because international tournaments are the best of the best. It's a country 
best possible collection of players from their nation who play in the exactly. top leagues, who play for top clubs. Like they're always constantly away. Do you know what I mean? They're always constantly away, especially if you have players playing in like not their country's domestic leagues. Home advantage should never matter to them because they're not playing at their home. You know what I mean? I mean. I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess that's a bit of an invalid statement, but what I'm going to say is home advantage does help, and I'm not going to lie, it's probably been a big factor in why we've gotten far, but I'd put so many factors above that. I'd put the fact that the players are performing, training's going well, Southgate knows what he's doing. I can't believe I'm fucking saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know... The players genuinely want to play. They want to perform. And let's not fuck around here. This this run to the final, it's not been easy whatsoever. It's been massive mental tests from one game to another. You know, Germany, people were expecting us to get battered. And we won 2-0. Like a few, if you if this is, if this was a few years ago, we'd have probably got beaten, even if it was at Wembley. Like, like knockout games against the Germans never goes well for England, but it did well there, and you know it, it all fell into place. And you know I think that's a massive credit to the mental fortitude of this team. You know they could have buckled under the pressure, but they went for it, and. You know, they really did us all proud. I can't believe that was last Tuesday. Not last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before. Like, I can't believe that was... No, 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 yeah, last Tuesday. Sorry, I keep getting my days mixed up. That was last yeah. Tuesday. That's insane to think about. <laughs> yeah, this tournament, this tournament goes, has gone really quick. Like, it's... I mean, I, want, I sort of want to go back to that home advantage, like, sort of, like, claim against England, where I feel I believe that also... You could equally say that England being at home also has an impact on them negatively and somewhat because you could say, because we as a nation, we put such high expectations on the England team every tournament, exactly. like every single tournament, because we haven't won anything since 1966 and we're a rich footballing nation. Every single tournament, all these players would carry on that burden of you're even going to walk on the pitch and be admired or be booed exactly. by look. Millions and like, and there's been so many England, yeah, there's been so many England fans booing the team as well because they've been doing simple things like taking the knee. Like, yeah, you got to think about stuff like that as well. Like, it's gone, it's gone in a way, it's gone for us, and it's also gone against us. Um, but I will, I will say the home advantage has helped, but I, I, I would say bigger factors have. There are bigger factors than that. Like in terms of the team, the way we're playing, and Gareth Southgate, like I consider them to be considered, you know, you know, more of a factor as to why we're this far. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, it's yeah, it's not, it's not, you, you, um, it's not like you see. I mean, don't get me wrong, Wembley is a daunting atmosphere, like. But you don't see Tony Cruz looking at the Wembley arch and going, "Oh, let me, let me just be shit on purpose," exactly, or anything like that. Germany were well up for the game. Yeah, they they attacked. It's not 
people just act as if like we just shit out a, a couple of goals and then just sat back the whole game. But it's not like that. Oh, we play defensively, yes, but it's not like we have eleven men behind the ball constantly. We do branch out and play good football sometimes. It's not the most attractive football, but it gets it done. I mean, there's no for me. It's obviously it's annoying playing defensive, and because of that, you're sacrificing the amount of like goal margins you could possibly create. But in the same time, it's just like you want to have that stability. But at the same time, you also want to generate enough the goals to be able to be confident. Because otherwise, I mean, we, I mean, we saw it against. I mean, going back to that tournament again, I think like that's it's sort of been South. I mean, it's going to be cheesy, but it's sort of like Southgate's redemption arc in that sense. Yeah, I mean, definitely, yeah. He can score against Croatia. We conceded, and England had no idea what to do. This time round, we've had Denmark, who've scored first. Obviously, that would have that would have been like a shot. It's like a oh no, we've conceded for the first time. But it's not like Eng- England just didn't keep their heads down. They just, they went no, we go again. S- scored an equaliser, albeit an own goal, but you know a goal's a goal, and then went into extra time and still pushed forward and got got another goal and now we're we're in a final exactly like i think we also i think another piece of evidence why the home advantage hasn't been really the biggest factor is because is the denmark game like literally we went a goal down and it was more like now is the time to react because we could literally have just crumbled and then the fans boo and then we crumble even more, and we concede one or two more. Like, it was the fact that the fans got behind us, and the players stepped up, and the players reacted well. They weren't going to... They weren't, they weren't going to go a goal down and just sit back and be scared and not try and do anything. No, we are... We were... We were looking to make to make things happen. We were looking to, you know, we just we, we just reacted very well to going a goal down, and it was perfect. And I couldn't have asked for more. And hopefully, if the same happens on, you know, if the same happens, and 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 and, and I don't want it to happen because it won't it won't do me very well. <laughs> just um, I, I you know. You know, you, I can't get my words out. Sorry, I can't get my words out today. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's more of a surreal thing. I mean, obviously, you have, you have your celebrations after the game, and then the celebrations die down. You go home, you wake up the next morning, and it's you you hearing like all the all the Sky Sports talking about how they're preparing for Sunday, and you're sat there like a couple of years ago we were losing to Iceland in the round of sixteen. And we've beaten Ger- we beaten Germany for the first. Was it? Haven't we? Wasn't that the last time we beat Germany? Was that final when we won the World Cup? Yeah, that was the last time we beat Germany in a knockout game. Like yeah. we beat them in Euro two thousand, but uh, that was um... groups. Yeah, it was it? in the groups. Yeah. What a weird tournament that was. I'm guessing because I don't think England got out of the group. I mean, I wasn't alive no, for it. it. Yeah, neither was I. We have a look. Group stage. Yeah, we finished third. Germany finished fourth. Portugal and Romania went through, so you're happy. Did we win it? 
Romania came second. They beat England three <laughs> two. And they beat Romania. What the? And they beat Ger Germany. Even they beat Germany. No, they drew with Germany. Oh dear. Did really well in that tournament. Yeah. I mean, to be I mean, yeah. To be fair, Romania had a pretty good squad back then. I'm guessing, didn't they? Have um, Romania. Anyway, Had you. we're not. Anyway, we're not. We're not talking about that. Not dwelling. Not dwelling on the past. Looking forward to, uh, hopefully, a, a brighter future on Sunday. If it's eight o'clock kickoff, isn't it? It's eight o'clock kickoff. Coverage starts at six twenty on the BBC. I'm not sponsored by them whatsoever. This isn't. This is not sponsored by. It was just confirmed today, which. Which makes the wait in the in in the pub a little a little shorter. Do you know what I mean? Because I have to get there for about twelve one p.m. to secure our table. Well, you're just gonna be sat there for about eight yeah, hours. Yeah, I'm gonna get a battery pack and everything to charge my phone up and everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm bringing a bag full with my coat just in case it rains. You know, if I have oh. to walk home. And, oh, no. uh, my headphones and all oh. that. So if I do get drunk again, I have music to listen to. <laughs> that do a, bit, do, a bit, do a bit of late night disco karaoke afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll get up. We'll... Obviously, it's it's sort of something that's you see scenes everywhere. I mean, I saw the scenes in Preston. You probably see the saw the scenes in in London. And then obviously you have Manchester that also like it's all over. The, it's just it's it's nice seeing everyone so happy again because someone that I know know went to Wembley for that semi final. Yeah, I know the lucky bastard. But <laughs> they 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 told me and they said that when they went there, it was literally. It, he said that he's never seen so many people so happy. And I mean like. In one area, it was like, could you imagine forty thousand people are feeling over the moon? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't happen normally to England. We we don't normally get this. Normally, we never have nice down. things. Yeah, normally the England flags are down by late June. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, I got interrupted. My uh, my brother was just telling me the plan for Sunday because he's going to a pub to watch it with his mates, and I'm going to one place to watch it with my mates. Because um, are you going to watch? Leah, lads. I'm going to watch it with the other people I went to watch it with. Okay. They were great company, but I I'll get onto the store. I'll get onto mine and Luke and Ed's adventures after we finish talking about the game. But yeah, I just want to say, how did you feel about when it went to extra time? <laughs> I think I I think I had my head in my shirt and I was being consoled. <laughs> no, I, I can't. No, no joke. I mean, she went round to the bu to the one other way to like, can you get me a Budweiser, please? I fucking need it. <laughs> and oh, uh, no, yeah, my, my, actually, it's funny you say that because it's obviously it's only table set. I'm not sure what it's like in Preston, but down yeah, here it's, it's table, table service. service. Yeah, not sure if like there's you know the different stuff like that. But like when she came over, she was <laughs> she was like, "Do you boys want anything?" And I said, "Yeah, Guinness and antidepressants." Fucking hell. Anyway, sorry, I'm just, can I just interrupt you quickly? I'm playing football manager and we're playing against top of the league PSV in a top of the table clash two, with three games to go in the season. I'm beating them 4-2. One of my players just chipped the goalkeeper. 
whilst the cookie uh, was standing up. What? <laughs> I mean, me and my mate I was watching it with, he's a Brentford and a Chelsea supporter, so obviously he's had a very good season. I mean, Brentford gone up, Chelsea won the Champions League, and then you got polar opposite, financial crisis and relegation. And and then, uh, but, so for me, it's, it's I think it's sweet. I think it's sweeter for fans like us that go through the, you know, the more of the yeah, yeah. coastal seasons. Because it's just like, I'm never going to see my team lift a trophy or get this far. So, exactly, yeah. you got to enjoy this success. Exactly. So, I'm not trying to say it means more to us than it would to, like, a United Liverpool fan. Like, it means a lot to everyone, and it means probably, it means equally amount, you know, equal, you know, it means equally as much to everyone. But it's so important for people who support, you know, like us who support teams who don't win anything. Preston, Fulham, you know, your Lutons, your fucking Gillinghams and all that. It means so much, so much to them because... They're the finally Bones. seeing one of their teams win something. Yeah. Like, the last time I've been so happy that Preston, about Preston, you know, actually winning something was 2015 when we won the playoffs. But that was League One. I don't I know how. <laughs> if we win the Championship playoffs, I probably will react the same to England winning the Euros because it'll be the first time I ever see my team in the Premier League. But like, again, like, I don't expect that for a few years. Like. I mean, I never expected England to win the Euros ever, but with Preston, but with Preston, I expect for them to. Oh God, I've just bought the four-two lead. It's. I'll give you a sneak preview of playoff finals. It's the greatest feeling in the world, and then it's the most miserable feeling the next year. Oh yeah. <laughs> actually, depends really. Do you reckon? Actually, that's a question for you. Sort of. I, I know this is sort of like a random question for this uh, podcast, but how, how well do you reckon you would do if you, if you reached the play- playoffs and you won it, and you went out the next season? I actually don't know how we do. Because um, obviously that, that's the question about Brentford now. I mean, they've, they've literally they've, they've put themselves as like a stable, what's a really, really good championship side for nearly two years now and haven't been promoted, but finally have. I wonder what they'll do in the Premier League. I wonder if they'll... Because they haven't signed anyone yet, I don't think. I asked my mate and he said he couldn't remember seeing anything. Yeah, I don't know. But if when it comes to Preston, I don't know how we do. I think we'd, we'd probably get relegated, especially with this current squad. Oh, dear. Yeah, I saw a prediction, actually, that said you'd get relegated. I don't think you'd get relegated. I don't think, I don't think not this season. I don't think we'll get relegated. I think we'll be mid-table. But anyway, I just want to say, I just want to talk about the game. Um, uh, Pre- Preston, uh, Preston, England. I mean, England's got a tough challenge coming up. I mean, it's not, I'm not, I mean, obviously... We, we want to just sing like you know we are the champions at like we've already won it, but that's just because we we want some some something to hold on to. And it's not it is arrogance, yes, but at the same time it's Never not. Right to be. It, everyone's arrogant. Everyone acts like they. I mean, Brazil rock up to every World Cup thinking they're gonna win it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like. What I mean, I don't I don't understand why we can't. Why we can't be this bit a bit arrogant? I mean, I we understand. I mean, I know like the I mean, people are acting as if the fans are like governing the England team, but it's just like it's not. I mean, obviously Gareth un- Gareth Southgate understands the challenge ahead. He knows about the threat that Insigne and Ch- Chiesa and Immobile can put put on us. You know the amount of pressure we can go under, and what it what it what we need to do to sort of. I mean, it's not like 
we came against we came up against Germany. Obviously, this is the worst German side in a while. So it's sort of like one of those things where where we you expect us to do something, but it's not like I mean we turned up and we it's like we suppressed them. They didn't. I mean a team that thrashed Portugal four two turned up to Wembley and looked shook. Yeah. Um... So so that's what I'm thinking. I mean. So, I mean, we'd already discussed the home advantage, but when Italy turn up, if Gareth Southgate sets up right, it, we could match them yeah. easily. I mean, from what I've seen from the Spain game, the Spain game, they were poor. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, they were really poor. That's it. I mean, at some points, I thought Spain deserved to go through instead of them. Just because Spain really turned up at late in the game. I mean, in the first half, in the first, they should have scored, Spain. It's just, they couldn't take their chances. Yeah. And if Spain could do that, why can't we do do one better? Yeah, can I? And I have no doubt that we are better than Spain. I have no doubt we can beat Italy. But I just want to get yeah. on to you know the penalty. Um, oh, oh yeah. Was it a penalty? Yes. Yes, in my opinion, it absolutely was. Was it soft? It was soft. Maybe. But, but when you consider, I mean, to me, the Harry Kane one a couple of minutes earlier was. More, more of a penalty than the one that we actually got. Mm-hmm. So we were over the pen. We were either way. We were over the pen, and I'm see I'm seeing like all these posts sort of saying like obviously there's the t- the thing with the laser in Schmeichel's eyes, but regardless, he saved the we'll pen. On, we'll and we get scored. on that. Yeah, we'll get on to that. But like the the fa- the foul itself for me was a penalty because obviously he's made contact with his knee. He's made contact and with then, his knee, and the other guy goes across his chest or hip. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it goes down. And I'm, I'm not going to sit. Uh, I mean, we shouldn't sit here and like, you know, not pretend and pretend as if like. You get what I mean? Like, if Denmark did that, it. it I imagine everyone else would be like, "Oh no, that was a stonewall pen." But because it's England, obviously people are going to kick up a fuss and complain. Yeah, but you know what? I don't care for what they have to say because we are going to a final and they're not. Um, you know. We just sat here praising them about Ericsson and we just go, now fuck them. <laughs> it's, no, uh, no, it's not. I'm not saying fuck off to the Danish fans. I think, you know, Denmark have a right to complain, but the people who don't have a right to complain are Scotland, Wales, and Ireland and any of their fans because. Literally, we know what sort of angle you're going to come from. Like yeah, changing their flags every four seconds. Lad, you're one flag away from completing an SBC. Honestly. Oh. I, I couldn't give a fuck what they think. It's got to the point now where Scotland have been shit for so long that they probably supported, like, like fucking... I don't know, Bosnia against England in the group stage more than their own team. Them fuckers are trying to find ways to try and make four years into like a day so they can get citizenship in every country in Europe so that they can support a team against England. It's so funny because like, it's it's not, because I've seen a lot of them give up now. I've seen a lot of them give up and it's funny because they, they've come to accept that England deserve to be in the final. And, you know, it's not going to work, whatever they do, because, you know, they're just miserable bastards. I will say those that are just miserable bastards and try to put put down England fans. I had someone trying to put me down uh, the other night, and it was just like, this was an England fan as well, actually. 
saying what, that. What I, did they say? They were like, oh, I think I said something like, I remember I was a bit, I was a bit pissed, so I, I wasn't really thinking. Like, England going free through missing a penalty is the most English way to go through. And said he didn't miss the penalty, though. I was like, yes, he did. He did. He did saved. It was saved on this. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing, really. Did the ball go I mean, in the net from the penalty? No, it didn't. Did Harry Kane bury it, though, on the rebound? Yes, he fucking did. And I tell you what, when that ball, when that ball got saved, everyone was just like, everyone in the fucking place was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. And then as soon as Kane met it and followed it in, we were, I've never seen scenes quite like it. Did you see my fucking... I hugged, I hugged strangers. I hugged... Eddie, I hugged Luke. I I wanted to kiss the waiter because you know he was serving me all night and providing the goods. I mean, alcohol, not drugs. Let's <laughs> yeah. just probably clear that up. Um, I want I want to give a special shout out to Josh who sat in the table in front of us. I didn't know him before that night, but you know, uh, we uh we sh- we shared a few cuddles. <laughs> Fair I mean, did you, did, you, did you see our reactions? I mean, we I, we were watching it. We were like, "Come on, game!" I FaceTimed you, innit? You know. Yeah, yeah just wasn't it? Just I think it was after. Just, just after. That was the longest yeah. ten minutes of my fucking life. Fifteen minutes of my life. So I just decided to FaceTime you and Abby. It was literally. It was so noisy. I couldn't hear what you were saying. All I could see was you, you were very emotional, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> epic! But we're yeah. winning." Man. When that penalty went in, I, it just it just felt like the stars were aligned for us to go and win it. I want us to win this so bad. If we don't oh, win it, I'm I'm not gonna be too arsed because getting to a final is special enough. But if we if we actually go, I'll be disappointed if we don't win it. But getting to a final is great. But I want I do want us to win it. But do you know do you know what I mean? Where I'm coming from. You know, like yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna have I mean, those memories. I've I've been a pessimistic football fan for the past couple of years, just because all my hopes and dreams were put in the shredder by Mister Mister TK. But like, I know I know that we. I mean, this is coming from me. I really reckon we can do something, and I'm probably the most pessimistic football fan out there. Mm-hmm. I really think we can do something. I've actually got a lot of hope for this tournament, like going well. And just because Italy don't look amazing, it's not like like France last. If you if you told me, oh yeah, what would have happened if England beat Croatia in the final? I would have just said, yeah, we've just been slapped by France. Yeah, we would but, have probably got beat by France. Yeah, but this final, it's part. It's a close game. It's not like we're because we're, we're, not we're so much better now than we were three years ago. We're such a better team. You know what I mean? Like, I think we can give think... anyone a game. And that's why that's why I really believe that like people aren't giving Gareth Southgate enough credit. I mean, I don't enjoy his style of football. I, I disagree with the way he lines up, but he consistently proves me wrong. I mean, Kyle Walker for me is one of the players that when I saw him on the team sheet, I was I'm beforehand I was not a fan of him. I thought he was he was very sloppy. Was, I mean, we saw it in the Croatia game. He started off very sloppy. He was just very panicky with his passes and had a really bad composure. And then he's really grown into this tournament. Yeah, I would say he's probably been my most improved player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I will say, um, you know, uh, uh, oh fuck, what was I going to say? <laughs> what was it? 
I want to, I just want to, I just want to, I was going to say something. But anyway, I think we should preview the, the final now. Give our preview, our thoughts, opinions, our predictions. Let's firstly start off with Italy. This Italy team, oh. this, this Italy team are no joke. They are not mugs. They're not dickheads. They're efficient. They're creative. They're, they're tough to break down. But they do have vulnerabilities. Yeah. And I think in the last two games, they were, bu- they were beaten on XG in both games. Which means the teams they played against, Spain and Belgium, made really good chances. Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure Belgium's was slightly up a bit because of the penalty. Oh, yeah. But still, it's showing that there are vulnerabilities to this Italy team. They can be beaten and they can be broken down. That was proved in the Spain game. I thought Italy lost their foothold in the game when they took Verratti and Barela off. But they wanted to yeah. go for more physical options, more endurance players, you know, people who were going to run around more. But they, that, that, didn't, that never really worked because I still thought Italy looked flat. They looked lethargic. They looked knackered. And what if this one? If there's one thing England capitalized on in the last game, was the fact that Denmark looked flat and out. They looked gone. They looked. They looked absolutely out of it. Like there was no energy in them, and that was the same with Italy in the second half and the extra time. And they somehow made it through penalties. I mean, Morata didn't fucking out Spain. I mean, when he stepped up, everyone knew he was missing. That's pretty fucking I, real. I, I, I will say, Morata, actually, when he came on, he was pretty decent for Morata. For Morata, it's just, it's the most Morata, he's like the most shit goat. My, my mate told me this, like, it's, it's, it's not the same guy, it's another guy that supports Chelsea. He was saying that Morata is like the most shit goat ever, but every moment of brilliance is an equal moment of just awfulness. Exactly. Like there is a definitely a good player in there, Morata. Like there is a good, there is a good player in him, but the, <laughs> he just lets himself down. I don't. I just don't think he's a very composed player. He just seems. He just seems to overthink things a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me as a football uh, me and me as a footballer. Like I really, I reckon I can be decent. It's just that it's sort. It's sort of like the. More of the because it's a such an in the moment sport. It, you've either made the right decisions or the wrong decisions. But Morata's very good at making the right decisions. Exactly. Yeah, he makes more wrong decisions than he makes right decisions. But uh, before we go it further into the, like foreseeing the game, I just want to say we told you so. By the way. Oh wait, what? Oh t- yeah, the, our predictions. Yeah, we got we got England Italy final, didn't we? <laughs> we predicted an England Italy final, didn't we? Yes, we did, and we and I feel like if we predict that right, we're gonna predict the the result right. Yeah, it's, it's written you know in the what? stars. It's written but... in the stars. Me and you, child, we've done this. We're doing this on the, and it's our it, it's our sweepstake teams, isn't it? Yep. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I'm Italy, and you're. I'm England, and you're Italy. Oh my god. I'm going to say, as a score prediction for the match, I'll give my prediction and then why, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say 2-1 England. Yep. Okay. Why? Just just because I feel like Italy will get a goal because the, the amount of attacking talent in their team, like we will we, we will concede to a team like that eventually because they are the type of team that could just break open defences and score. Is that we haven't conceded to that type of team though. I mean, you could. I mean, I definitely think like we nullified Germany, but at the same time, like it's. The, I feel like Italy's got a lot. They've got obviously they've got Insigne, Immobile, Chiesa, who've managed to like, you know, they've they've scored. They have scored against like, really good teams, and but I don't think their defense is as great as what people believed when they started off. I feel like as the more. It, when in their group, they had less technical teams, but as England now, we're becoming a more technically gifted team with you know players like Grealish in the team who can really break that defence wide open. Yeah, and I feel like with players like Kiel and Bonucci against Raheem Sterling, Jaden Sancho, and Marcus Rashford, is not gonna end well for them. Yeah, um, I will say though, um, oh, you know what? Fuck it, I'll give my prediction. You're not gonna like this because it'll be one of the most nerve-wracking results ever. One nil, England. It will be one of the most nerve-wracking things we'll ever witness. Like, Oops. it's going to be one of the most nerve-wracking things in existence. Like, the nerves will not be there. The, 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 the nerves will be there. Even they will be there. They'll constantly be there. I think we'll get an early goal. Yeah, we'll same. Sit I, I, on I, it. I reckon we'll we'll score in like the around like the twentieth or thirtieth minute. You know, that's sort of the minute where we seem to really sort to of grow into a game. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're good for the that first couple of that first allotment of minutes, and then we sort of slow down near at the end of the half, and then pick up again in the second half. I think. But I feel like yeah, I feel like Italy will only score when we take our foot off the pedal. Like say, like if we take a two nil lead. That's when I think they'll take advantage of that because I feel like England have done that. England have shown that they haven't conceded from it, luckily, but they have shown it where they've taken a lead. I mean, they did it in the Czech Republic group game. They took a lead and then they sort of the defense somewhat switched off. Italy, no England. Oh, England, yeah. No, this, the, we, we, we've taken leads and then our defenses. They've not they've not done terribly. It's not like they've conceded, but obviously the the, the concentration shocks have gone. Oh, we're two 0 up. We don't yeah. need to play like as you could definitely tell like the the intention for like keeping a clean sheet is there. I mean like Rice and Phillips are always like they're everywhere, they're all over the place. Yeah. So like that's what the sort of philosophy that Gareth's instilled in his team is the, the it sort of sounds like a Michael Owen quote, but it's like the less you can see, the less likely you are to lose. You know, yeah. if we if we get a, if we get one goal, it's not gonna be bad if we don't concede at all because we'll win. Yeah. I think um yeah. Uh, I just want to get onto why I think it's going to be one nil. Like I said, I think it'll be an early goal for England, mm-hmm. and I think our game management's just been so on point this tournament that I just can't see it fucking up this time again. Yeah, I think it will be. So yeah, I think we'll go one nil up early on. And then we'll we'll manage the game really, really well from there, I think. We'll just slow the game down, make Italy play at our, our own pace, which is, which is what we've done 
through many like we did it to Germany, we did it to Ukraine, and then I think what we we'll do what we've done so many times this tournament, and it's um frustrate the opposition, make them make mistakes, make them lose their heads, make them get booked. Like we saw it against Germany, we saw it against Ukraine, and we saw it against Denmark when the you know when the, when they started to go flat and you know very lethargic. They started to make very a lot of mistakes. They gave away a penalty. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like we've done that so many times this tournament, and uh, I, I think the Italy have. I think the Italians, this team, they have an edge to them. They have dirty players, and I think they can lose their heads, and I think that's what we'll do. I think the mind games from Italy. You know, from Chiellini, they've already started, but we haven't responded because we're better than that. Um, oh, we are. So Verratti also made a comment as well. Yeah. Uh, Verratti's been a little bit more respectful, though, about it. He's not really saying, like, oh, the English are arrogant and all that. And oh, but, England I mean, are only this far because of the fucking home... Because they played home games, and it's just like... Is that what Chiellini said? Chiellini said, yeah. He said, like, they're only this far because of the, of the like... Basically, just to um, not sensationalize, but uh, to paraphrase it, uh, it's basically like England are only this far because it's been conditioned for them to go this far because they've played so many games at home. Yeah, well, it's just like, mate, you got Cristiano Ronaldo like, in your team and you can't win a Champions League. Oh shit, that's stupid. <laughs> I will say though, um, when Chiellini and Benucci realize that those mind games don't work and they get run ragged. Then they'll start losing the reds, and I think, yeah. I mean, like, like you could sort. Of, I mean, when we when in the English like sort of media pokes fun at these players, and people go, "Oh, come on, that's just a bit childish." It's just like, well, they've put themselves in that position to get that. You can't throw something and expect nothing back. I mean, like Schmeichel. I, I was disappointed in Schmeichel for saying something like that because it's just like you know that if you lose, it's just going to get thrown back at you. Exactly. So why say why say anything? Just be respectful. Have good sportsmanship, and then if it, whoever wins, the thing is, like, know, we've been like that. Like, we've been showing good respect and sportsmanship, but for some reason they want to throw this finger at us because they use the media, they use the English media to sort of attack us. And it's just like, yeah, England fans don't like our media too. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're, sick, we're sick of the English media, but for some reason yeah. they like to throw it on us, like. Or all English people are like this. But I think once, like I said, I think once Chiellini realises that these mind games aren't working and he's getting run ragged, then he'll get frustrated and make a few mistakes and then Italy will play sloppy. So, yeah. And I'm saying, and I'm, I don't care if I'm being biased, I am being fucking biased because I want England to win this. I want us to win this. All I've known is disappointment and I think we can win it. I think Italy have showed showed signs of lethargic and uh, you know tiredness in the Spain and Belgium game, you know. Except I will say that the way they managed the way they managed the Belgium game was pretty good, but the way they managed the Spain Spain game, how they didn't lose that was a mystery. Yeah, um, we we covered it on the podcast before though. Belgium's not exactly the best defensive side in Europe. I mean, they're the most unbalanced. I'd say the most unbalanced in terms of quality. Yeah, and like. I will say that, like, Italy could have, you know, they should have probably scored more. They, they should probably should have created more, at least, against Belgium, but they didn't. And um, I'm just wondering, how are they going to try and break us down? 
yeah i don't see why they can't i don't see why how they can break us down because i just think we're so organized the way we manage games is so brilliant i just i just we can't risk phillips and rice having another slow start this is why and i'm gonna make a brave call i drop phillips would you yeah i dropped you put in his place? henderson and yeah that's a good option would you check? Oh, right, the thing so is look. though, I don't. I, the thing is though, I don't want to drop Phillips because he's it's been very the... good, and I would start him, but I don't want to risk a slow start. But the thing is, is Henderson going to offer the the same sort of mobility? I don't know. He's, he's still got a good player. I mean, I overheard someone saying it when we were playing on Wednesday. Someone said, said like, Henderson's still got a good player in him. It's not, I don't think he should completely be shut out from the England team from starting. I think because... he proved it against Ukraine that he was still quality. He was very good. He got a goal. I, 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 mean, love, a, I love Henderson. He's a, he's, well, he's a Premier League and Champions League winning mid, England that's midfielder. What, that's why I also think he should start because, like, it's that experience. He's a leader. He's a natural leader. He's an engine. But you know what? Actually, no. I'd I'd start Phillips. I'd start Phillips. Okay. I'd Looking. Start... Let's let's actually do our team prediction. I think it's I think it's going to be pretty much unchanged. Actually, maybe maybe a few changes. Then go. I'd go Pickford. Right back Walker. Centre back Stones. Maguire. Left back Shaw. Defensive midfielders, Rice and Phillips, attacking midfielder, Mount, left, Grealish, striker, Kane, right wing, Sterling. I'd, dro I'd drop Saka. Yeah, Saka's, mm, Saka's been a bit hit and miss for me. I thought he was pretty good last game, but I thought, again, he was a bit sloppy at times. And I, I'd start Grealish against the really uses quality to break him down. Either that, or we do start Saka and we bring on Grealish in the second half when they're a bit more knackered and he can really take advantage and take the piss. Would Would you say Phil Foden gets back into the side again, or would you say that he's maybe in the maybe in the second half? But the thing is, the thing is about the final, you have to get everything spot on. Yeah, you don't want to do a Guardiola. We don't want to overthink it, and I. And the thing is about Southgate so far this tournament, he hasn't done that whatsoever. He's stuck to his guns and really proved what what a manager he, he, he is. His game management, like I said, it's been the best thing about this England side this whole tournament. The way we've managed games, the way we've slowed them down, the way we've you know been so hard to break down, the way we've not con we've only conceded once this whole tournament. And it's these little things that he does, like these little changes, these like-for-like -like substitutions. You know, putting on Grealish on for the last 25 minutes of the Germany game to really get at him. You know, to finish the game off. And to take Grealish off against uh, Denmark when he only subbed him on. You know, for a more defensive option. Just to, get, to, again, keep the ball. Keep hold of the ball and, you know, make sure we see out the win. I think Southgate's game management is what's ultimately going to win us this tournament. I feel like, yeah, that you you've got that right there, and I feel like that's sort of a it's sort of a 
in a way, it's sort of a poetic ending in that sense. Obviously, he's got that burden on his shoulder of that, you know, penalty shootout all those years ago. Yeah. And if, if he wins yeah. this tournament, if he wins this tournament, I feel like I'll be happy. I'll be really happy for him just because maybe then he could really he could finally put that behind him. But that doesn't matter anymore because I've won us this trophy. It's sort of similar to how like. It's sort of similar to to sort of how like um, you know G- Gerard slip all those all those years ago was sort of you know erased from like Liverpool being fans, a yeah. meme, yeah, being like being a way to get at Liverpool fans because they finally won the Premier League, so that doesn't matter to them anymore. Uh, I'm I'm so you know what if we do win this, I'll cry. Yeah, <laughs> I'll cry. I'm crying just thinking about the semi final. But... Call, call me after the game. Yeah, I will. I fucking will, mate. I'm gonna go find my brother straight after it. And if we win it, I'm gonna give him the biggest hug, man. I, I think, I think this swiftly moves on to the uh, the stories now of the the story section of the podcast, which is new because we have stories to tell of uh, of of Wednesday night. As you know, I went out on Wednesday night with Luke and Ed who are part of Waffle. Luke, you've heard on this podcast before. Ed, who hasn't been on the podcast, but has featured in spirit in a few podcasts and in that, uh, obviously, Hunger Games video. Uh, obviously, um, I went out with them and uh, with my Sunday League football team as well. I mean, I was mainly more with Ed and Luke because I stuck with them more. Uh you know, I w- I just thinking, you know what? Yeah, have a few drinks. It's going to be great. I really underestimated how much I would drink. And uh, let's just say, uh, I think once I sank my pint after the cane goal went in, I think it was more the happiness that really elevated my mood. <laughs> because all of tell. a sudden, I became a little bit loopy. And a very a bit tipsy and a little bit lightheaded and a, and very lightly. It felt like my limbs were jelly. Do you know what I mean? I never felt. Yeah. I never felt. It never felt. I, it felt like an out of body experience. And it was the first time I've been drunk. <laughs> because mm. I never. I've never. I. I don't really. I've never really drank before. Like, well, two years ago. Like, not heavily. Mm. In moderation. Would you, would you say you were someone that? enjoyed it as like just for what it was rather than to drink it on a regular basis yeah i i I had it in moderation i drank because of the moment i drink because of like the moment if it's there i'll have one because alcohol really does allow me to loosen up a bit and just be be a little bit more extroverted yeah and that was the fucking case that was the fucking case i took i it it felt like an out-of-body experience and luke can back me up here man because he witnessed it all. He was with me all the way through. I I hugged strangers. I told strangers that I loved them. I told this photographer that I loved him. And it's, I hope he had some good photographs. It turns out he was a photographer for the Evening Post. So shout out to him. I hope you're having a lovely day. Um, I hugged some people that I knew. But I haven't spoken to in a while. It was really cool i mean i say that it was one person he, he used to play six aside with us 
shout out to him because you're fucking brilliant, mate. And um, just being in that town centre when all the scenes went off was a massive, like, it felt like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, it felt like, like I said, it felt like an out-of-body experience. I was hugging and telling everybody that I loved them and that they had a good, I hope they had a good night. One thing I do real, I, I, I remember is I kneeled in the middle of a road saying it's coming home. Um, stop. Will you start praying or something? No, I was like, I was just shouting, "It's coming home!" In the middle of a fucking road, and it was mental. I'd, one thing I do remember is how many pisses I had. Oh my god, I had about twelve pisses. <laughs> Pissing like a Welcome. fucking fire hydrant. Anyway, um. One thing I don't remember was taking a picture with a hand dryer and saying it was my best friend. Luke Aww. said was like Luke said to me the next day, like, yeah, I had no idea why he did that. Um I think inst I think Luke went live on Instagram and he showed me on it. It's it's up on his Instagram page actually. I'm pissed. What, he just, what he just nabbed it off the wall. No, it's up on his Instagram. like he went he went live on Instagram and uh you know, it's up on there. It's like up on his page. Like it's the latest thing he posted. Oh, I see. And I feature in it, and I'm just pissed out my head. Oh god. <laughs> um, I would post the videos and that, but I can't be ass editing this to a massive extent because I just want to get this out. Um. But yeah, I Wednesday night, it was the first time I ever got drunk and apparently I when I got in I hugged my sister's my mum. I gave my mum a kiss on her forehead and I hugged my brother. <laughs> and Aww. I was like, Oh, it's fucking coming home, I love you all. I kept telling everyone I loved them. Spread the love. And uh, I looked on Instagram and I looked I, and I saw that I posted on my story it's coming home, but it was spelled very wrong. <laughs> Um, I acted everyone in the waffle chat saying that I loved them. Moral of the story: I'm a happy drunk. I've discovered. <laughs> I'm a happy. Oh, drunk. so you're like you're, you're like me then? Yeah, I I feel like it's sort of. I, I I don't. I'm not obviously. I'm not gonna do it to the extent of like I'll do it all the time. But I feel like yeah, it for me it helps me. It, for me it it I sort of become carefree. I sort of lose that. You know, I don't want that. You know, that invisible limit in my head that goes, "You shouldn't talk to this person because yeah. you, you know how they might perceive you." But I feel like when I, whenever I have drunk before, obviously I wasn't very tipsy on Wednesday because I had work and I'm a responsible young man. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sweet child of the Lord who would do no wrong. Yeah, <laughs> fair that we're doing yoga bombs at half time Sunday. But beside um, <laughs> the fact, um, it, for me, it's it's a great. For me, it was great on personal reasons. I mean, they played Sweet Caroline at the end, which was obviously my nan's song, and she's not here with us anymore. Yeah. But that meant a lot. When I, when I sang it, I thought of her, and I thought... And it's sort of... It, it gave me... Not, it wasn't sad as in, like, oh, I wish she was here to see. It was happy. So it was a happy environment for me. And it's, it was a happiness that I haven't felt in a very long time. And when... Obviously, I wasn't drunk, but at the same time, I was enough I had enough to the point where I remember it, but 
yeah, I was yeah. also a bit more extroverted. So that's the, that's could... the thing with me. Yeah, I like I remember I remember most things, but there are little tiny things I don't remember. I don't remember climbing a lamppost. You climbed a lamppost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I've still got I think I've still got the I could feel it on the back of my head where I hit my head. Apparently, I fell off and hit my head. I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I I saw some photos that Luke sent me that I was on the floor. Oh yeah, on the um, you um, you you went to sleep on the grass. <laughs> I mean, I've had my worst. I mean, the Champions League night. I think it was no, yeah, the Champions League night. We went to the pub. We watched the Brentford game because obviously, as I said, my mates are Brentford and Chelsea supporter. Watched the player final. They won the player final. We were like, all right, lad, let's go Dominoes. We went down Dominoes, and then we went to into the Manor Bar, which was next door to it. Had um. A, a point in there and then we had our dominoes went back to his house played a game of fifa and then we went back out to the pub that we originally were at to watch the brentford game to watch the chelsea game and in there i met a lot of chelsea fans i may or may not have enjoyed them in their celebrations despite them being our west london rivals and i, I i'm very sorry and i apologize to everyone but fuck off i ain't had a night out in a long time um <laughs> And I don't remember this at all. Apparently, we went to the park. I lied down on the on the on the on the path. I got a, I told my mate to bring over the Domino's box that we put in the bin earlier, and I used it as a bank blanket and went to sleep for about ten minutes. Oh I don't remember God. doing that. I I feel like such a tramp for saying it. I've now the whole world well now the whole world knows. So you know you can do it that way you will. You fucking I don't know. <laughs> it's great. But hey, everyone had a good time. Everyone's had but, a good time. It's it's gonna no, be great someday. I might I get feel like the, <laughs> Football nights out for me. I think it, the the whole moral of this whole tournament for me has not been the fact. It's the fact that this sport, the sport itself. I'm getting gonna get a bit philosophical, but like the sport itself can bring so many people together. Like apparently, that's what I said to my mum when I got in. Is like it unites everyone from all backgrounds, race, religions. Apparently, I said something like that. <laughs> oh, but it does. It's true. It's, it, it is. Does. It's true. It do. It does. And that's what. That's one thing about. I think that's one of the reasons why I'd also give Gareth Southgate a knighthood because the way he's united this nation through football. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like it's mental. Um, I mean, we've we've had we've had our difficulties in the past couple of years. We had fucking what COVID, Brexit. I mean, there's been a lot of arguing, a lot of screaming, a lot of like. You know, obviously down here in London, we have our crime rates that aren't getting any better. But it's sort of moments like this that bring people together and like gives us something to smile about when we've had like a lot, a lot of, a lot of division. I'd say, a lot of di- things like going wrong. But I feel like with this to- with this tournament, it's brought it brought it's brought out the best in people. I mean, obviously you get the occasional dickheads that boo the knee, but they're a very very small minority. Their, yeah. their, their, their numbers are insignificant compared to the I mean I saw a video I think it was this this morning on I think it was it was Land Bible actually it was a group of I think it was in an Islamic school yeah yeah and they were all celebrating it watching it on a laptop and it's just like you know it just shows like how much football is connected like people from everywhere from every background it brings the people together to like because obviously club football is different there's so many clubs there's so many teams there's so many players of England, it's, it's our country. One. It's just one, isn't it? yeah. It's it, one flag can represent so many people. One badge can bring so many together, and it's just 
the success uh, the success partnered along with it has given everyone this positive drive. And I think going into Sunday, the backing we have at Wembley, going back to the home advantage again, it's something that will will be. I'm not going to deny it doesn't exist. It definitely does exist, and it will be prevalent. Yeah. And I think the atmosphere at Wembley on Sunday is going to carry us. It's going to. I don't think it will dictate how the game will go out. It will definitely give us a boost. And I feel like having a crowd like that, even if, if we somehow, if we go 1-0 down to Italy, I'm confident that we could still do something because that crowd will not, that crowd will keep pushing them on. I can guarantee yeah. it. Because they've, they've seen, they've already seen miracles this tournament. Who's to say, who's to say it can't happen again? I mean, I, I feel like there's, there's a reason why we've, there's a reason why this is happening. Like, I'm a strong believer. Like. Yeah, I, I'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason. Maybe. So is it our time? Like I said on my Instagram post, it's our turn. It's our, mm-hmm. it's our turn. We're gonna do it. Um, so my predictions are one 0 England Sunday. Yours are two one. I'd and I yeah. I just want to close out by suggesting something to the BBC. Mm-hmm. Actually, if they, if any executive from the BBC is watching this, I, or listening to this rather, because you wouldn't be watching. I've done a lot. I'd be concerned if you were watching. But um, just please, 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 after the post-match analysis is complete, please have Frank Skinner sat in a dark room for the lights to the, the spotlights to be turned on with him holding the trophy. He smiles at the camera. Frank Skinner and, and David Baddiel. Yeah. Yeah. They smile at the camera and say, oh, and it's finally can't forget them. I'd love to see, yeah. I'd love to see how they would react because seeing them happy during the tournament has made, made, made my tournament. Yeah. Just get them smiling at the camera at the end of the, <laughs> at the, at the, end of the show and whisper, it's finally home. <laughs> I'd like to see them recreate it, but, you know, 2021 version. Trophy's home, football's home, and it's fat. Oh man, I can't wait. Um, so we're gonna finish this up now. Um, I want to just say, I want to finish on the note that uh, it's gonna be quite. A, it's gonna be quite a deep note because obviously, yeah. That's, I just want. I, I just wanted to get this out of the way because I feel like it's really important to talk about because um. It's a massive problem within society, you know, domestic abuse. Uh, oh yeah, the statistic of that surrounding England games, especially. Um, let me just get the stat up, uh, courtesy of I forgot who it was, but the t- person that tweeted it was the one and only Freddie Bailey of the Preston Council. One and man, domestic okay. uh, domestic abuse rates increased by thirty eight percent when England lose, and by twenty six percent when they win or draw in tournaments. Uh. There is a 24-7 free help, help, uh, National Domestic Abuse Helpline, which is 0808 2000 247. Um, if you need, if, if by any chance you need that, if you need help, you need someone to talk to, or need any help in when it comes to domestic abuse, please, please call that. Especially in times like these where moods get dictated by a kick of a ball. So yeah, I uh, hope you're in. Yeah, on that note, 
the fucking the, it's coming home it's coming home it's coming home it's coming home say it with your chest charlie say it with your chest it's coming home yes 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 it's coming home fucking good luck boys good luck every single one of you make us all proud that is all we want you to do make us proud don't don't get caught create the space when you're one-on-one don't give up the chase or whatever the fucking however the song goes in other words express yourself they'll always hate you and hurt you defend and attack there's only one way to beat them Get, get around, around the back. The They'll catch me if Jacob. <laughs> Let's not do that. At least well, Jacob Rees-Mogg slaughtered it. So. Oh yeah. When something's good, it's never wrong. So, good luck, every single one of you. Make us all proud and bring that fucking trophy home and give us all a night to remember. Because if we do win that, I'm getting pissed again. <laughs> Mancini, stuff your scarf up your ass. Scotland, Wales, Ireland fans, loosen up. You'll eventually find your favourite flag. Um, and uh, It's red and white. It's red and white. It's going to come home, and there's nothing you lot can do about it. Let's do this, boys. Let's fucking bring that trophy home. Let's do it. We're doing it. We're fucking doing it, Charlie. Charlie, say it again with your chest. We're doing it. It's coming home. It's coming home. We're doing it. Up the voice. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening. I'm going to leave it there. It's coming home. It's been a pleasure for me and Charlie to host this podcast once again during the tournament and as as it was every time we, for all the time we have hosted this podcast. Um, It's coming home. Enjoy your fucking week and hopefully enjoy Sunday night. We've been Jack and Charlie, and you've been fantastic. Enjoy your week, and enjoy Sunday. Cheerio.